He's back. Justin Cuthbert from VK on the Fan Morning Show. All we were missing was horns there. Congratulations. Congratulations. You made it. You're back. We missed you. The week was went by so slow without you. Given that there were some tenuous moments on the trip. Congratulations. See, that's, might be what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it seemed like an absolute lovely time, but I think there's some things. I mean, you went to Costa Rica. Probably a beautiful, scenic, zen trip, but there's always something from a vacay that there you're were, like, oh, there boy. Were, there were some zen moments, but there were some uh, moments that were maybe I didn't necessarily sign up for. All right, but... give me it. Oh, man. There's some I can tell, some I can't tell. I, I... <laughs> oh. So we, okay, so we had a rental car for one day, and I was, God. like, staunchly against getting a rental car the whole time because I don't want to be responsible for anything mm-hmm. when I'm a vacation. Like, that's, like, the worst thing. It's just in the back of your mind, you've got this hunk of metal that's your liability, and you don't want to, like, crash, have no. things stolen, have to deal with it. Basically, it's a complete nightmare, and the roads there are not necessarily all that great. So that was something I was trying to push back against. But one day, some people wanted to go here, and we wanted to golf, and, like, there was this big thing. So we had to have one day of a rental car. The drive there was a complete nightmare. Oh, no. But there was an incident that I, I was very glad I was prepared for. So I was on YouTube beforehand, just like, oh, check out where we're going. Just, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was just bored one day. YouTube? I don't know, some visual of where I'm, cool. where I'm going. And really then, like the, your, like, pregame visualization. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little visual, visualization, make sure I know what we're getting into. And, like, the algorithm really helped me out because the next video up was, like, 10 travel tips in Costa Rica. Oh, I'm there like, you all go. right, I'll, I'll look at the travel tips. It's probably a good idea. And it's the normal stuff, like... Get money, Mm -hmm. get the local currency, whatever. And then one of them is pretty serious, and it's be prepared for interactions with police. So this guy laid out exactly what would happen if a police officer found five, four or five tourists, a carload of tourists Mm. that clearly weren't from there, clearly driving a rental car. They are going to find a way to give you a ticket. So there's basically what looks like a ride check. Step up to the ride check. And I'm not really thinking about the YouTube video yet, but right when I see the look on his face, I'm like, okay, what exactly happened there? And the exact thing that happened what did they say in the YouTube video happened for? in real life. Uh, just the normal, like, Speeding. Car, no, they're just, everyone was getting pulled over. Oh. So, but he tells me to pull over the side. I'm like, okay, I got, I, I now realize what has hap- what happened on the YouTube video happened to me. No, because I was ready for it. I would have been absolute oh nightmare. Oh my God person in the, to the side of me was very, very yeah, nervous, would be. Uh, but I was, I was ready. So he, he comes over and he's like, you know, he's trying to figure out a way and I don't have my passport. That's what he's going to give me. Uh, that's what he's going to give me a ticket for. Because I guess if you're a rental car, you have to have two forms of identification well, was kind of what I got that. for that. Why would I know that? I, read I mean, I guess book. if I knew the, the, the YouTube video yeah. didn't have anything on, on a passport. Anyway, okay. it didn't matter. He was going to get me for something, whether it was speeding, not having mm-hmm. a passport, no seatbelt in the back, too many people in the back, whatever. It didn't matter. He was going to get me. And he said exactly how the video went, which was he's going to say that you have you owe a $250 fine, but you can't pay that fine in person. You have to wait a couple weeks and do it in court. And he's, and he's like, they're, they're going to make it seem like you're in a big pickle oh, here. Yes. Like things are really, really bad. And then he will allude to something a way to get it done quicker oh a way to get this done quicker and right when he said that i was like okay i I know what to do and you put some money 
No way. Underneath, whether it's your driver's license, something. How much money? Uh, we actually, I, well, it was. Is it U.S. dollar? So he, I kind of, I, I screwed up a little bit and I'm like, uh, is there, is there something we can do anyway? We, mm-hmm. we exchange words. I'm not exactly how, how it went. But then it was, rather than me just slipping, it was, we negotiated. Oh, and he asked me for something dirtier. and I said, is 20 okay? Which in, <laughs> in, hindsight, with the in hindsight was a massive, massive uh, underpayment. Yeah. And he's like, he just looked at me. He's like, double it. And then. Oh my God. The I'm 40, frightened by this man. The 40 goes underneath the exchange of the license once again. And we're off on our Good way. Good for you. That's ballsy. Oh my God. It, it, I was being chirped relentlessly Just for only offering bucks, 20. You, you I don't rat. know why I said, is 20 okay? Was, was probably the wrong move. Do you have change, sir? I have, yeah. a, I have a 50, but well, yeah, can you give me... I only have 20s. Can we do 30? Can we meet in the middle? No, he was... Uh, it was... You know, he's well, he just pockets that, eh? I, I noticed that he was really, really worried about someone seeing him, too. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's probably not... But they were all doing it. Like they were clearly, this is what the the sting was. The Mm -hmm. operation was just getting money off people who were clearly tourists. But he was very, very worried about someone seeing it. So once I kind of realized he was a little uncomfortable, I thought we were going to get through it. You thought you had the position of power in the the rental vehicle as a foreigner. Not the position of power, but I was like, (laughs) I'm I'm ready for this and you're a little uncomfortable. I think we're going to get through it. Does twenty okay? The twenty okay was that That's was pretty the best much, line. That of was one the show. Of, that was one of the lines of the trip. Is twenty okay. okay? And so you gave forty. We eventually gave forty. So what if Settled you didn't have 40. cash? Do you know what happens then? No, I'm. Uh, I'm glad we don't need to find out. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that we had cash. I'm, I'm glad not sure you're what here. went on there. <laughs> I would be still there waiting for my court. Even check, when you get like pulled over in regular, like you know, you pull up to a ride check or whatever in. Toronto, I'm always like, oh my God, what happened? Oh, I just remembered I need to get my sticker changed. It's April. <laughs> Don't say that. You got to get home. Oh my God. See, this now I'm like, yourself. I'm anxious. I got to get home <laughs> after the show. I'm taking, I'm taking a weird route on the way home. Well, okay. I'm glad that that worked out for you. Is 20 okay? It's the best line. Is 20 okay? Did you do anything like safe and fun? Like any like hiking or anything cool? Oh yeah. A little, hike, a little hike towards a waterfall. Oh, a nice. golf day. Beach Volcano? club day. Boat day. Lots of good stuff. Golf? Checked off all the boxes. Were you Corey Connors out there or what? I kind of was Corey Connors. I'll do one more quick Corey story. Connors. I, no, I wasn't, I wasn't Corey Connors. But the thing that happened to a lot of people in the text line will know this if they go golfing anywhere but the United States. If you go and if you're a lefty, if you go golfing anywhere else in the world, they will know you're Canadian because you lined up left. What? That's trust me. Because I'm a lefty, too. So if you go play in like, you know, United States, anywhere, if you go anywhere lefty, they'll be like Canadian. Because we're the only ones that produce Canadians. Although Corey Connors, I believe, is not. Although we have a lot of them. Weirzy. Lots of them. So... We go and rent clubs, mm-hmm. and I'm the only lefty there. And no one makes a comment or anything, but we rent clubs, and we, we go get some lunch, and it's in the, they bring out the clubs. Our, our, our uh, cart is ready, and I walk up and I'm like, wow, we got nice clubs, Titleist bags, oh, beautiful head covers. they think that you're, covers. like, legit on the PGA no, Tour? No, 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 oh. <laughs> no. No. Like, Titleist, everything that I can see, beautiful clubs, new stuff, like, better than what I would be using at home. Mm. Then I turn the corner around my cart and I have the most beat up set of oh, Walmart don't. clubs imaginable because they don't, because have, they don't, have, lefty they don't ones. have good clubs for lefties. Oh, buddy. So it would not be a problem no. here in, in Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. but anywhere else in the world, they don't even like, 
when I said I need lefties, there was like they were like, oh. And then I was I didn't really think about it. But my buddies had beautiful new titles. And you probably had to pay a fee to rent clubs. We had to pay a fee. Did they and, give you yours I, for free? I had this big aluminum thing that was just awful just for as clunky uh, for driver. A driver. I think my <laughs> my irons were called tight lies. Like they were twenty five years old. Those are Titleist knockoffs. Are they? No, but tight lies, tight lies. That's like, got to be a knockoff <laughs> Titleist from Wish.com. There you go. And it, it's it was it, you can't be a lefty playing golf other wow. than in, in Canada. Yeah, because now I'm thinking everywhere I've rented clubs in Canada, they've been dynamite. Yeah, we have lefties. Wow. Would you have paid extra to bring your clubs along on the airport? No, no. It, no, was, it wasn't that big of a deal. It would have been a disaster nonetheless. But that's what it's like being a lefty. You get severely disadvantaged when playing golf with your buddies in Costa Rica. Wow. Hey, you know what? Those are some good travel tips for folks listening that want to go to Costa Rica. If you're a lefty Those and are- if you want to pay off the Costa Rica police officers, just make sure you have more than $20. That's right. You don't need the YouTube video. Don't be cheap. You just need to be ready to bribe. Right. And if you're a lefty, you got to bring your own clubs. Okay. Um, one other piece of information that we've been informed is you don't need stickers anymore, apparently. Did you know that? Uh, I think you do need stickers, Everybody's but you don't have to pay don't. for stickers. It says you do not need to change your, your sticker. They renew your registration, but no longer need a sticker. You don't need stickers. There are okay. no more stickers. You don't need stickers. We don't use stickers anymore. So you do have to renew, though. You have to do the process. Yes. Go through the process. I still need to do that. So you can do it before you leave and you're good? Yeah, do a commercial break. You're actually, no problem. <laughs> you won't be caught without a sticker. Yeah, but they, still now it's going to look sketchy when you pull it behind me. It's going to say March 2022. And then the police officer is going to have to go through it, right? No, because how you're, unless you're putting like a little sticker over your stickers, everyone's going to have outdated stickers right. if they just abolish the stickers. But then they should just, we should just take them off as a community. We should, but we're not doing that. Tight lies were made by Adams. They were Adams, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I'm glad you're back. We missed you. You missed a lot of stuff. Um, I hope you listen to the Fan Morning Show every morning on the beach while you woke up with your coffee. Also, Costa Rica coffee, 10 out of 10? Uh, It didn't blow me out of the water. Wow. It was good, but it wasn't like... I didn't see that you brought me anything, so... I didn't. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Oh, by the way, I ate liver while you are gone. We're done that. You did? Uh, Yep. No, you didn't. Uh, Of course I didn't. There's no chance you did. No, I didn't. I waited for you. All right, Justin's back. Lots to recap. Um, Blue Jays started playing baseball while you're away. Mm-hmm. Maple Leafs have been playing hockey, and the Raptors have been playing basketball. And uh, a lot to glean from some of these games. Let's start with the Leafs uh, because they finished off our evening late last night. Split the weekend, uh, a big win in Ottawa, a shutout win. And then last night, a pretty sad loss to Detroit Red Wings, maybe one of those scheduled losses considering... Uh, they had half a Marley's lineup in. Mitch Marner and Giordano and Jake McCabe were resting. We're starting the load management part of the season and going full throttle on it. We are. I didn't <laughs> expect we'd get to this point, yeah, but we are you full You looked at the throttle. roster when you came home. You're like, wait, what? I was, it was like bizarro world Maple Leafs. Like seeing Zahorn on the ice on Saturday was I really I forgot really, that he was a part of this organization. It was really jarring. I was like, yeah. what is happening? Did you go think that somebody got injured? Like when you log in, you look at the... <laughs> Abruzzese, Zahornia. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, that's the thing. I've been kind of like cramming for the test here over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I watched every game that I missed. I don't know how much I absorbed, but 
it's it's like bizarro world Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's I, I I I'm still laughing at John Tavares. Like he's still trying to get off the ice for Zahorna scoring that goal. Like it's it just seemed like what am I like? I was really geared up for really serious <laughs> Leafs hockey when I got back, and we're seeing. But yet, it's not happening. We're seeing half efforts from opponents. Mm-hmm. We're seeing losses to Detroit with load management. I expected them to be really geared up with six games left, and it seems like we're kind of just going through the motions of the season right now with. Guys sitting, guys who we didn't expect. We saw this deep as lineup, deep as it could be, all this depth. And I'm seeing Simmons, Abrazizi, Simmons is Zahorna. like a full-time I'm like, what player is going now. On here? Yeah, Toby Simmons, Niemela Simmons got his call-up to the Marlies yesterday. He's probably next. Simmons doesn't miss games. Yeah, you're right. I just did not expect them to be approaching the last couple weeks this way. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of calm before the storm. And I don't even, I'm trying to think yesterday how many things are actually in place. Like, I think Brody and McCabe is real, right? Yeah. Yarn Proke so. and Matthews, I think, is is real. But it's still yes. the carrot for Michael Bunting. When he plays well, he gets a couple shifts, and then he gets taken off the line. And I'm, and I'm confused of, like, is this a punishment for Bunting, or is this real for Yarn yeah, well, Let's get to Bunting in a little bit. But, yes, Bunting is certainly – these are things that we can talk about that are real. They're load managing, and is that mm-hmm. the right process right now? It's different than what they've done previously, so maybe that's how you prep yourself for round one of the playoffs. It's if you're, you're changing your approach, it hasn't worked the last seven years. So okay, you're getting some guys some rest. Marner for sure. You, look how different that team looked like last night without Marner. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Geo definitely a smart move. It's fine, yeah. McCabe, I didn't think that we needed to do that yet, but sure, no problem. I really like McCabe in the lineup, but. Mm-hmm. At this point, if Matthew sits the next game, Javar sits the next game, and we get to the playoffs and everybody looks well-rested, it's going to look like the best move ever. But when you play some of these games and it's sloppy and it's messy and it's half measures, mm-hmm. the Maple Leafs haven't proven in the past that they can just turn it on in the playoffs, right? So it's different if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning who just went to three Stanley Cup finals in a row and they're weathered and they have championship pedigree. But I get worried about sitting and having sloppy efforts when it comes down to the last, what, eight games of the season at this point? Six games left. Six games. You're going to play some teams where obviously you're not going to show the Lightning your full cards when you play them you get the bruins are this you week. not though i don't know are you i, I i'm really <laughs> i have no idea the pers- like the process that sheldon keith and co are going to go this week yeah and i think we're going to find out i mean the weekend there's kind of the excuse there there's okay we got us we got a back-to-back the a meaningless no, back-to-back against lesser opponents i get i get sitting the guys who i guess needed to be sat i don't know if martyr and mccabe needed to be sat but they were whatever it's eh. fine for sunday night Saturday night was is yeah it's the normal lineup. They're dealing with some injuries. It's unfortunate that Achari and O'Reilly are out right now. Yeah. But with these six games left, and there are there's spaces between, there's proper rest. Like I don't expect them to just be nonchalant breezing through it. See, that's the part that concerns me so too. So it, it, like the weekend's fine, but moving forward here, if they act like they did on the weekend throughout the the remaining six games, I'm going to be concerned because mm-hmm. I feel like nothing. There's still a lot to figure out. Yeah, things have settled down a little bit, and they played really, really well the week I was away, in, in, for the most part. I thought they were great in Carolina. Uh, they were great against Florida. Nashville was the second half of back-to-back, I believe, as well. And so you, there's a little bit of excuse there, and they still played well enough to win the game. They have found their center just a little bit, yep. but I still think they need some run playing as a complete unit. And I guess maybe O'Reilly's the missing piece to actually put forth what you expect to be. But I don't think they should just 
You can't be no, mailing this in. I don't think it should be a non-effort against yeah. the Lightning. I don't think you have to worry about what you're going to show them. Maybe if O'Reilly's not in the, in the in the mix, you can't let them plan for the O'Reilly mm. factor, the factor factor. The O'Reilly factor. But, I mean, I, I can't. I don't think this team is in a place right now where they can mail in the final six games of the season. I think there's only a couple things that we actually know are real. I think Morgan Riley and Luke Shen is real. Gustafson just disappearing. Maybe has helped things out. Maybe it's made things more complicated. I'm not really sure. But I feel like they need to put more real things in place over the next six games and not just be like, okay, you get a rest day, you get a rest day, you get a rest day. That's a dangerous game to be playing. See, I'm on the fence because I want them to show up game one of the playoffs, which is, I I believe, two weeks away today, Mm -hmm. ready to go and healthy as hell. But the same part, I don't want to be coasting my way the rest of these two weeks when, yeah, maybe there's not much meaningful, but you got to be careful. Like Tampa Bay... They're not right behind you, but yeah, home ice advantage is is basically in your hands. If you slip that away and you lose that, oh my God, that is the worst way to enter the playoffs. Obviously, that's not like right around the corner. I think there's a slim chance of that if you want to look at the numbers for me. But yeah, nothing is given to you at this point. The Maple Leafs going into the playoffs with expectations getting higher and higher every single time you do this. I do want to see the players healthy and rested. I do think that we still need to find some consistency with these lines. And that's not happening if you have people out of the lineup every day. It's a lot to balance if you're Sheldon Keefe. That's a, that's four pretty significant things to think about. And now you have a goaltender that might be injured once again. Matt Murray gets wiped out from behind. He looks like he hits his head or has a little bit of a whiplash type thing with his neck. He doesn't play the rest of the game. Samsov comes in cold on a back-to-back. He actually played pretty well. Um, it's his net. There's just no question about it. He's a game one starter. Mm-hmm. Now you have a question about what happens with Matt Murray right now. And I believe, it's, as Sheldon Keefe said, that he had to be pulled like it was like, it wasn't a question. It was like, concussion protocol. Yeah, take yeah. him out. So, but were we surprised he didn't come back? Like, no, I don't think we we didn't get anything. Why firm. bother putting him back in? But then you think, well, you got to keep Samsonov in bubble wrap. Sam, at this point. Yeah, Samsonov's the most important thing right now. Like he has to be, and he is feeling good. Clearly, like everything with Samsonov no, is dialed. really, really positive right now, which is really the only thing that matters. But I was the only thing that mattered from last night's game. So Murray leaves. And can you keep Samsonov healthy? Mm-hmm. And there was some debate over whether or not he was maybe favoring something or whatever. And and it doesn't seem to be the case. Like, I, I think they survived that moment. But if there's any way to just get Joe Wall up here, just to make sure that Ilya yeah. Samsonov is not a position where he can get hurt. That's the most important thing. Just over the next six games, yeah, we want to see some, like, real things put in place. We want to see this team peaking at the right time. But, oh... All that really matters for game one is that Ilya Samsonov is ready to go because as you as you put it, he is unquestionably the guy. Oh, it's definitely. not it's not, you know, if he plays poorly, it's Murray. It's not if it's not home and road. It's n- none of that. It's Ilya Samsonov carrying the load all the way through because he frankly has won this job. One thousand percent. So we'll find out more about Murray. He was tested for concussion, no official update. The Leafs don't play again for um, a couple days here. I believe that they're back on the ice on Tuesday. Um, And then they've got Thursday against the Bruins. So you don't have a lot of time to mess around here is what we're basically saying is that, yep, you got to balance the players that need time for bumps and bruises as that's what Mitch Marner was, his rest was called, bumps and bruises. Mm -hmm. But, man, you can't just coast your way into the playoffs this time. I don't know. It's a lot to balance. But, yes, the concern is Murray for sure. Uh, we'll find out more about that. You're load managing. You're seeing some some young kids get an opportunity to play. That's fun. I mean, 
okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's normally not the time. Like, we see kids coming up all the time, mm-hmm. some non-NHL players coming up all the time this time of year. That's, a, that's just commonplace. This is what happens. But it's not normally what happens for a team that are in the position the Maple Leafs yep. are in. I think the only day where it's acceptable to do this, really, like if you want to, if you want to sit Geo Tuesday again and give him a full week off, like whatever, I'm I'm completely okay with mm. that. But if we're talking Marner and we're talking guys who haven't solidified their spots, the 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 the, the flux in the middle six, all these guys who haven't really carved out permanent positions i think we got to see it still i think we got to continue to work towards game one and the only game that makes sense to sit people would be the tampa game a because you might not want to show them everything and b it's the second night of back-to-back it's the last one left and it is a meaningless Mm -hmm. game in that sense so uh, i think it should be a full effort against the bruins uh you mentioned you still have to lock up home ice advantage four points up beat the blue jackets on tuesday because you should beat the blue jackets um, but I, I want to see some effort here over the last six games. I don't want this to be full cruise control because I think that's a dangerous game to play. All right. Um, things that didn't change while you're away, Michael Bunting and his shenanigans slash, I don't know, maybe the refs are out, out to get him. Sheldon Keith made a comment post game that he thinks Dubas is going to actually speak to the league about this. So I want to get your thoughts on mm-hmm. Michael Bunting gets a 10-minute misconduct yesterday for... <laughs> I actually was laughing watching it. I was like, come on, don't do this. He's like kicking the guy's stick away, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, like, it's, so it's so little and dumb, but at the same playing time. playing childish games. Yeah. If you're Michael Bunting, you can't get, like, you're not going to get away with anything. The rest are looking for any opportunity to penalize you. Yeah, 10-minute misconduct for the, kicking the guy's stick away after a whistle is foolish, but it's going to happen. They clearly know what type of player you are and if you're getting targeted and I'm using air quotes for that but like if you're getting more attention because you're Michael Bunting you can't be putting yourself in a position for anything right I'm not saying you go out there and be a little like quiet church mouse but you also need to know that like you're you're creating a buzz around yourself every referee that might be coming in now knows other teams know a poke you or to get, poke you, get you excited, push your buttons, and maybe that you get another penalty. Like, he's drawing a lot of penalties. Um, he's causing a lot of penalties as well. So, I don't know. Like, last night was interesting. That That's now the storyline. I know our buddy Luke Fox wrote an article about it as well, and they talked about it on the panel. Elliot mentioned that, you know, maybe he was told by the team to stop talking to the refs, and maybe the refs are got their eyes out on him. Anyway, it's just... I don't like it. And yet he's still talking. Yeah. Uh, he, he was doing maybe more talking, not necessarily than any other game, but he was doing a lot of it last night and he got himself into trouble again. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think this is this is one of the more pressing issues, which is so ridiculous to say. But Kyle Dubas does have to talk to the league. Yeah. And maybe just to find answers on what is, why, just to put attention on it first, because if the referees are doing something they shouldn't do and attention's on it, that's the way to stop behavior from happening from the officiating side. going to say, actually, yeah, the refs hate Michael Bunting. No, but clear, like, <laughs> Bunting, on, when he got the diving, the embellishment call yeah. on the cross checks, I mean, oh, that's a reputation call. That's clearly a reputation call. Know, he kind of sold, he kind of, like... I don't know. I, I mean, he, he sells a lot, but that one is like, okay... See, there's a reputation well, for there me, you too. Go. I, I mean, you're buying in, too. And I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of over it. I'm frankly getting over it, too. Like, we'll, we're talking to Frank Saravelli at 7. He put him as the number one free agent. And I, I can't wait to talk to Frank about that And I, I think it's ridiculous. It does say a lot about the free agent class. But, like, <laughs> Michael Bunting's, and the most important thing right now is right now. 
And his influence is diminishing because what his tax don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not working on the officials. It's more negative than positive with the officials. Yep. And he is drawing all these players into, into these. He's sucking them in, but it's not sucking them in to take a penalty anymore. It's sucking them in to either take him out of the game, take the player that he's scrapping with out of the game, or just having a negative effect. Like nothing he's doing right now between or after the whistles has been positive. His influence in that way mm-hmm. is waning. And that's one of his most important skill sets. So if we're talking about like long term, it's like, how can you be confident that he can be a productive player or as productive as he, as he has been if what he does to other people doesn't work anymore? That being officials and opposing players. That's right. Like it's not effective anymore. It's a problem. That's why he's sliding down in the lineup. That's, that's, that's why where I'm seeing this too. It's like, I know he's had some frustrations with Keith. I don't know if you saw this clip the other day. I saw them. Yeah, kind of bark, not like, barking at each other, but Bunting was, was ignoring tension. him. Yeah, there was and obviously, I think the, the leash is really short with Sheldon Keefe and Michael Bunting right now. And maybe he's trying to play, like try to find what his role is, but he's overdoing it. If it's mm-hmm. this your like little instigator role isn't working, it's not benefiting the team right now. You've been moving up and down the lineup, like you're in flux where your spot is. There's a lot going on in his head. He just needs to play hard hockey and go back to the roots and not just be like this after-the-whistle guy that isn't working, right? Like, tell me the last time that there was a positive Michael Bunting after the whistle where you're like, that's the one we want. Like, It's just, it's all, it's all like piling up of frustration. And if I'm a player, like I'm Austin Matthews, your linemate last night, I'm like, buddy, just like play the game. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to do these extracurriculars that are not benefiting us because once the playoffs come around, you know, I know that they call the games different in the playoffs, but still the same refs. And he's flat out getting outplayed by Cal Yarncroke right now. Yeah. And, that's, and that's also probably why he's feeling it, this, it, it, it may be. this way too. And, and I think if Bunting was smart, he could use this to his, his advantage because who's expecting something from Michael Bunting? If you don't give them what they are expecting, mm-hmm. you can use it to your benefit. If all these players are bracing for a confrontation or whatever and you just turn and, and look away, I, I feel like it could it could benefit you in the opposite way. And same with the officials. If you don't give them anything... They can't really call anything. And if they do, then it's so blatantly obvious. Yeah. So I feel like he's in a position, if he's smart enough, to use it to his advantage. But maybe he cannot. He just can't engage the same way mm-hmm. without being that person. I think, I think that's possible. super frustrated. But he, you're right. Go back to the basics. If he just plays, if he just plays for the next mm-hmm. six games and there's a tension brought forth by Kyle Dubas and it's addressed internally and you don't give them reason to act the way that they have, then maybe you can settle things down. But the first step for Bunting is just shutting his mouth. It really is. Because that's that. I think that's what uh, all this stems from, mm-hmm. is if you're constantly barking and complaining. We talk about it with the Raptors all the time. Does that help you when you're complaining all the time? <laughs> Can't wait no. to talk about the Raptors it gives, next. It gives Speaking you, of barking. Yeah, it gives you more of an opportunity. It gives more attention on you. It gives them reason. If he just stop, everything stops after the whistles for bunting over the next six games, I think it can reset the problem and put him in a position where he can be that effective player. Mm -hmm. But right now, I mean, he's trending towards his best weapons being him just taking away his own best weapons because it's everyone's tired of it. Everyone's tired of it. Mm -hmm. And the officials are most tired of it. And I think that's going to affect things. Even if it's subconscious, some conscious, it's going to affect the way he's treated on the ice. Yeah. Well, definitely See, maybe maybe he's the next guy that has a little rest day. Maybe he takes some time out of the lineup. Maybe that's for a not game a bad idea too. Just say, buddy, like let's reevaluate where we're at. Take a pause. 
Think about your actions. Exactly. <laughs> Shelton Keefe. Um, all right. That was uh, kind of everything for me from Leafs. Murray, obviously, big question mark. They showed this video of Curtis Joseph walking into the arena last night with a hockey bag, which is just very weird because then they didn't announce who the e-bug was. Mm-hmm. And a reporter online kind of got duped into thinking that Cujo was actually the e-bug. The Leafs confirmed that, no, Curtis Joseph was not the e-bug. I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. But everyone got all fired up online about Cujo in the pipes. But they didn't have to do the e-bug. But can you imagine? It'd be pretty sweet if Cujo, that was just like his job. Like he was just, he's just on the list. He was on the on the e-bug you, you list. You could have a former NHLer as your e-bug. Probably not. Probably I, I not. did see I did see a tweet like that's how you have to break the David Ayers curse, like a Bring different Kujo e-bug back. to come play, and it's Curtis yeah, Joseph. Yeah, you need like, to just like I reset the e-bugs. Yes, some sort of like the the spirits balancing. I, I'm not really sure how it would work, but it makes a lot of sense that, that he funny. would break some sort of curse. It was the pretty e-bug good. Curse. I got excited when I saw him too. Um, one other thing, Camp taking that penalty shot. I mean, there weren't many options, but even me, the biggest. Yeah, I wanted, David to, see, I wanted you to just go for it here. And I think he had it too. Like if he just he went the other, handled right into the yeah, he stick handled himself. Like he, he, I think he opened up the space that maybe he was oh, trying for six to. in his career. And, and Sheldon Keith picked him, and then post game, this has got to be the worst. Your your camp, and you're looking at social media afterwards. Quote. Sheldon Keefe said he'd love a coach's option to take a two-minute power play instead of a penalty shot. (laughs) Thanks, coach. But I actually agree. Like, I think that I've felt that way. If you get the option between a penalty shot and a two-minute power play, you should be able to choose. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, I completely A little bit of strategy in that. It is. Like, I mean, it wouldn't. It's only a slight because David Camp was chosen. No, I know, I know. If it was no, if it was like, you know, your option, you pick whoever you want, but you pick the power play, like, Mm -hmm. no one's feelings are getting hurt. But if it's like Zach Aston Reese, who we saw a penalty shot from as well, and it's either that or the two minutes. I mean, you're probably taking the penalty I shot. I think you should be taking the, the two minutes every time. I think it's situational. Well, yeah, the, sorry, like that, if, that's if you got an exaggeration. Lead, if you got a, I think if you're trying to tie the game, yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe See? it depends on your on your How confident you are with your power play. And then maybe Leafs need to string together some power play success. So they should have probably had one. The Edmonton Oilers might take the power play every yeah, time. Yeah, you think? Maybe every time. I think that's a good text line question. 595-90. Sheldon Keith says he'd love just the option between a two-minute power play and a penalty shot, should that be a rule change one day in our future for NHL? I'm here for it. I'm kind of in for it, so we'll see. All right, Leafs back in action Tuesday. Um, they've got Columbus at home, and then Thursday at TD Garden against the Bruins. Litmus test. <laughs> it's been if, a while. If the Leafs wanted it's to be. It's been a while since I got to say that, Justin. I didn't say it once I, I, while you were away. No, I think I heard it. I think Philly and Raptors, I think you said Damn, Lotus I test. did. You did. You're always listening, eh? I think I only listened to the full first hour Friday and a lot of a lot of what I expected. <laughs> the litmus test. That's right. Uh the you were you were pumping up the tires of John Morosi, who's gonna be our seven o'clock Hell guest yes. on Fridays, replacing Charles Davis like only John Morosi can. Uh, you know, I heard a few things. Okay. Well I hope you heard about Nick Nurse because this I is did. now the just what the Raptors needed, okay? Another distraction right now, while they claw their way into meaningful games, the final week of their regular season, when they've been trying to turn this disappointing season into something... The, well, there was hope, right? There was hope. They've been selling us hope. We're getting the play-in. So We went from play-in to what? To let's play get in. the play-in and do something. And now they're dealing with a head coach who's basically saying that he's not going to be the coach of the team next year, unprompted bringing this information to the media. And then 
getting bitter about it after he's asked about it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll play these clips, but it just, you've gone through a season with injury woes, trade rumors all year long. If you were anyone of any level of skill on this Raptors team, you are basically shopped out by the media and by everybody thinking that you weren't going to be part of this team. Drama with officials that just never end. Um, losing streaks, and now you're actually kind of in a good spot where you've clinched a play-in. Now you're trying to play for eighth, and now your head coach is the one making headlines for basically yeah, tipping his hand that he's not really happy and he's going to think about moving forward somewhere else with the Raptors. Let's play the clip for first so then you can hear exactly what he had to say, but uh, it came on the heels of a report just to context a bit, from Doug Smith at the Toronto Star, who said that there was a lot of um, rumors about maybe Nurse would be out as head coach this season and that uh, Ime Udoka would maybe be the front runner to land him. So he wrote this, and then this the game before the Sixers game, I believe, was yeah, when Friday he night. was asked just about like where you're at right now, and he decided to really lean into making this a storyline. Mm-hmm. I think when this season gets done... Um, you know, we'll evaluate everything and, and even personally, like I'm going to take a few weeks to, to see where I'm at, you know, like you said, where's my head at and just see how the relationship with the organization is and everything. It's been 10 years for me now, which is a pretty good run right now. My head is to get this and make this as long a season as possible. This, this team needs playoff experience, right? So um, that is where I'm at right now. Have you put more thought then into, for whatever the reason, you might not be back next year? No, I, I think that I'm concentrated on this this job for sure and this game, essentially. But I think that, I think 10 years is a good time to sit back and reflect a little bit, right? So I think that's where we're going. We'll do that all when the season ends. And I... When I saw that and it started circulating online, I was really surprised that he did that before before a game, first of all, with games remaining in the season for wasn't asked about his future with the team and what he likes if he likes coaching here. It just it really screamed to me there's some major issues that we talked about this year about maybe lost the room, maybe players aren't playing for him. He openly called them out many times for their lack of effort and their energy and there's some there's something going on there for sure. Yeah, it's really disappointing, honestly. Like, what have we been wasting our time with all season if he is so ready to pull the shoot? Like, yeah. they finally clawed themselves. What did they won? Four, four or five, I believe. They won the three games. They had that crucial four-game homestand. Mm-hmm. They lost the first one. We were like, okay, what are we doing here? They answer with three straight wins at, at home, lose in Philly, win again on Sunday. Like, they've been playing decent basketball. And he's he should be focused completely on that, but it seems like he's focused completely on saving face and responding to this article, which suggests that, hey, maybe the Raptors are not interested in him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think the 10-year thing is very, very, is the context is oh, important. It's, it's fair. It is, but you should not be talking about this right now. You should be focused on finishing the job for the organization that pulled you out of the G League, mm-hmm. made you one of the highest paid coaches in the league, and never once took a step back during your tenure. Always was trying to uh, push it forward, get better every single year. There were signs, there were there were moments in this 
in in this 10-year run for Nick Nurse where the Raptors could have pulled the shoot and just been like, we're going to take a step back. Big time. And you can't really do anything about it. They didn't do that. They've always put this guy in a position to succeed. And as much as I'm disappointed, I'm not really surprised. No. Because Nick Nurse is kind of the get it while it's the getting his good kind of guy, right? Like, how much did he capitalize on that championship? Like, think about what happened after. He's on stage with the Arkells. <laughs> He's acting in Murdoch Mysteries. He's I forgot about getting that. paid a lot of money, wins coach of the year. <laughs> he also takes a job with Basketball Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, the world was his. And the world was his because the Raptors gave him that job. And he did a good job, mm-hmm. admittedly. Of course, 100%. He coached that team to a championship. But he just, like, grabbed onto everything. And now that things are slipping away from him, he wants out. He wants a new shiny toy because he thinks he deserves that new shiny toy. I think this is a lot about saving face. I think the Raptors want to move on clearly. And he's trying to spin it forward in a way where it's like, hey, I'm going to reflect. Well, I think the Raptors have already reflected Mm -hmm. and they're ready to move on. And now Nick Nurse, who should just be getting to the finish line, getting this team to the playoffs, hoping that they can do some damage and actually make something of this lost season is making it about him rather than team that gave him everything. It's really, really disappointing to go through this many games to the trials and tribulations, to get them to a point where they're 500 again and in a position where you're flip-flopping between eight and nine, which means a ton, to have this sort of distraction. It's incredibly selfish on the part of Nick Nurse, and it is time. Ten years is important because ten years... I I keep coming back to the Tim Bontemps conversation we had. Ten years is a long time. It's probably enough. It's the time. It's time for Nick Nurse to probably do something else, Mm -hmm. but he should have finished the job, and he didn't, and it's pretty disappointing. He was then asked further about this bomb that he dropped before the game on Friday. Respectfully, if you are anyone covering this team, you have every right to follow up and ask a coach who basically said he's not going to be here at the end of the season. Like You're a reporter. I have, you open the door. You open the door. You did not need to do that. He could have put cold water on this right away and said, Oh, you know, my thoughts about this is I care about the season and, like, I'm ready to to win. But he went into all—we just played a minute-long clip about him. So he was asked about this again Sunday, and I believe it was Lindsey Dunn. He cut her off and said, nope, no, 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 we're done talking about this. Um, here's the clip about not speaking any further about this thing that he brought to light. I'm going to—I'm not—that's exactly why I made him is to not have to ask, ask answer that question every game because I got it about three games in a row. So let's move on and talk about tonight and this team and this season. Please. Thank you. You're right when you said it was selfish because that's exactly how I perceived it initially. And then I looked at how this team responded. Like Pascal went off on his birthday for, what, 36 points. Freddie had the 20-point, 20-assist game. First Raptor have 20 assists in the game. Like, I, I think that it could have went completely the opposite direction this weekend. It could have been a distraction. I'm glad to see that these two guys especially kind of played for something. Mm-hmm. I bet there's a very high level of frustration in that locker room. Now you're seeing this. Everyone's talking about this. And maybe it was behind closed doors all season. We kind of we kind of heard rumblings about that. We talked about it a few times, especially around the trade deadline was a frustration. You know, you heard OG didn't really want to be here. Whatever. They moved on from that. And Nick Nurse did not move on from it. He's made this all about him now. This is a very important stretch for the Raptors. Um, they're right there on the cusp of being an eighth. They got to play hard. They got to win games. And I just really hope that this isn't going to be something we look back on in two weeks and say, well, maybe if we weren't seeing and, and hearing all about Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, 
this would be different. But they did go off and have uh, some single good performances this weekend. Yeah, they did. Uh, four games left. You would hope, and this is, like it or not, this is the storyline throughout the end of the season. Whether it's, oh, and okay, that's sad, but it the, is. <laughs> it's, it, could be, it could be a positive, though, because mm-hmm. we've heard all season long where there's been rumblings, who's unhappy, where does the discontent stem from, what exactly is causing this clear situation where something's off like something is just different something is weird why is it weird I don't think we've answered that question all year long we don't really know but if Nick Nurse is at if if Nick Nurse is spearheading that weirdness <laughs> if they don't want to play for Nick Nurse anymore is that why the decision is made I don't really know but I think it's possible and if Nick Nurse steps on the rake which he has and the guys are not like oh poor Nick and they just want to play basketball and they want to do it for each other rather than do it for Nick Nurse, then maybe it actually portends good things. And we saw it. I mean, Freddie was, Freddie set a franchise record for assists mm-hmm. 20 points, 20 assists. He was lights out versus Charlotte. I know it's Charlotte and that's basically a G League team. But is that the response? Is it going to be, hey, the players just take matters in their own hands right now? I think that might be the best thing for this group mm-hmm. is to just let's just play because this guy's not in our foxhole anymore. But we're here for t- for each other, and we're looking forward to the future, and maybe we can make something of the present. I think that's maybe a positive, optimistic spin. But when something like this happens, and it's finally laid for bear, especially if that's how, that's how they were thinking behind closed doors, when it is for everyone else to consume and witness themselves, maybe it can be a good thing. There's a lot of postseason, offseason decisions to be made with contracts, with the direction of this future of this franchise, and maybe it comes with a new person leading this team on the side of the court because Nick Nurse has also become bunting-esque in terms of my (laughs) I'm over it type of shtick, right? And we talked about this many times. It often becomes about Nick Nurse and leading this team, and there's enough talent on this roster that they should be playing better. They should, like, they are a better team than what they're showing on the court most of the season. The pieces weren't fitting. People were playing well at different times. And maybe it's as easy as, hey, get a new voice in there. I'm not sure if he may do it because the right choice for that. We can talk about that at another time. We're actually have Will Lou on later in the show to get his thoughts on it all. Like a new voice, regardless, might be the right direction because there are some major offseason decisions to be made. Maybe you feel better about those offseason decisions when you have somebody else running the team. Yeah. Something to consider. Something to consider for sh- for sure. Uh, I think the 10 years is right, though. Nick Nurse said it. Tim Bontemps said it. 10 years is a long time, and I think it's run its course. I think- and, and Nick Nurse sees it. Maybe he was told it, but I think everyone's seen it for, for a bit now where it, it just feels like this doesn't work anymore, and I guess the quiet part's been said out loud here by Nick Nurse. And you're not, like, to me... You're not going into next season as a lame duck coach, right? I believe he's under contract for one more year. So you're either making the decision to extend him mm-hmm. this offseason or move I mean, off you from could, him. This but it would be. But that's what. That's to, not the right direction for the Raptors. It would be probably an untenable situation. Yes, it's untenable. Not, that's the first word I thought of, Justin, is untenable for Nick Nurse to come in without a contract next year and be a lame duck coach. No idea where this franchise is going in terms of who's going to direct this team. You either extend him or you move off of him. Unfortunately, what we learned about Nick Nurse is that he would whine throughout yeah. the process of being a lame duck coach. It's not like happening. It's not, it's not, he's not built to deal with that certain that situation. And I don't know what happens from here. I don't know if he can just walk to Houston, which is a great opportunity Somebody to get said to Victor he goes Wembyama, to Houston maybe. and he brings Freddie with him. And I'm like, oh. I, I think maybe Freddie and, and Nick have reached mm-hmm. their expiration date. I'd be okay with that. But we'll see. 
All right. Um, lots of Raptors to come. We'll talk to our buddy Will Lou about this exact situation later in the show. Raptors are at the Hornets Tuesday. God, they play those guys a lot, eh? And then a back-to-back um, against the Celtics on Wednesday. So we'll see how all of this settles out. And it probably won't for a while. Uh, Blue Jays opening weekend. You missed their opening day game, which was really fun on Thursday. Um, the Anthems, Adam Wainwright. I don't know if you got a chance to hear that. that I didn't actually cool. hear it, but uh, cool. I, I did see the visual of him doing it. I like that. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, then they have a – they dropped two or three against St. Louis Cardinals this weekend on their opening um, weekend. There was definitely some low points of this weekend. But with a grain of salt, this is three games into the regular season for the Toronto Blue Jays. However, the things that went wrong were not pretty. Chris Bassett – is going to make us bass sit crazy. <laughs> I was thinking about a bass. I was pun. trying so the hard. The entire time he was blowing man, up on the mound. I'm like, I might. It was rough. He was brutal. I think it was a pretty disastrous weekend. I think you're being. Disastrous a lo- is a stretch, Justin. I think it was bad. Like, worst fears bad realized. is different than disastrous. Uh, what, could, what would make different. it disastrous? Injuries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, okay. I mean, it's it's. So it's, we're gonna be needing Tommy John after this weekend, right? Never true. pump the brakes. It's true. It's true. But it, it was really ugly. Yeah, it was Saturday, gross. Sunday. It <laughs> like was it wasn't really, nice. really ugly. One of the worst debuts from a, a Blue Jays pitcher that you will yeah, see probably in history. A really, really disappointing offensive performance Saturday and Sunday, uh, with you know some guys showed up and some guys were doing their job, but really it was. <sighs> Uneven and inconsistent. Okay, yes. I see nothing of value out of the pen right now that I'm really, really excited well, that was, about. I mean, that was kind of already a, a thing. We were not pumped too much no, about we the weren't. bullpen. And I, I'm feeling less optimistic. Okay, and that's fine. How about we save this for winners and losers, and I try to talk you into that not disastrous is maybe okay. a bit of a stretch. How, losers? Can we? Can I... Yeah. preemptively put I them in the losers category? They could be, yes. They were, it was a loser weekend for the Blue Jays. We will also speak to Ben Nichols-Smith, who is very level-headed and a professional. Maybe he can help, you know, calm me down a little bit. But yes, there were certainly some things that are cause for alarm. How real is that three games into the season? That's a good judgment point for Ben Nichols-Smith, but you can only go off what you've seen so far. Spring training, we always say, what does spring training really mean? Now you're in the regular season. Well, definitely not the ideal start. Um, definitely some... Chris Bassett feelings that may not be settling. All right, uh, let's take a break. We've got the A-list. We've got Frank Saravalli at 7, winners and losers, Ben Nicholson-Smith, and we're going to fit in our buddy Will Lou at 8.30. You can send in your wake and rake picks as well. Nobody picked Corey Connors. Whoops, that was a oh, missed opportunity. A, a, a loser from the weekend Me. is Brent Gunning. No, it's not you. He's the golf You're guy. right. He should have. And the top Canadian, the guy who's won this tournament before, he mm-hmm. doesn't pick for me? Yeah, that's right. What are you doing, Gunner? Losers, us. But winner, Corey Connors. We'll get to all that at 7.30, but on the other side of the break, got the A-list, and I have golf content for you in it. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now, it's time for hey, yo. the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby? It's the most magical week of the year. Masters week is upon us. And it's going to be a good one. There's already some drama cooking, as you know, Liv and Masters. Mm-hmm. And God, Greg Norman has just got his name in the media. Gary Players poking the bear. I got a story from each of them. 
but let's go with Greg Norman because this one's a bit more spicy. So obviously live players are going to be at Masters. I'm very, very excited for this. And Brooks Kepka is now red hot. Is he? He just won a tournament. He won on the live tour? I believe so. Really? So. Wow. Brooksy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He won a second live event and he's finally healthy as he sets sights on Augusta. So wow. spice meter is increasing. Now, let me tell you about this. So live players are reportedly planning a group celebration behind the 18th green if one of the rebels wins the Masters. <laughs> this is so ridiculous, it's but I love it so, so much. so ridiculous, but I almost need it. So uh, Greg Norman told News Corp, I don't know who that is, eh. on Saturday, that the idea of a league win gives him goosebumps. 18 members of the Breakaway League are competing in next week's first year, uh, first major of Augusta, including Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, and Dustin Johnson. Previous winners. If one of the guys, no matter who it is, they're all going to be there on the 18th green. They are all going to be there. That just gives me goosebumps. When you walk up to 18, your caddy hugs, you see your wife, your mom and dad. Now you have those other 17 guys in the spirit. That's what we want. Saying that they're going to plan a big old Sally on 18 if they win. Man, 18, <sighs> 18 live guys. They're all like, there. It's, it's, I, I'm always up for Masters Week, but this is going to be... Unlike any golf tournament we've ever watched. Like the biggest stakes, but also the biggest drama. We need, I don't know how they're going to do the pairings. Oh my God, I I cannot wait for the pairings to come out. But we just need. Do you think they're going to like take into account the drama? I think they're going to separate them. Do you want them separated? Like Augusta wants like etiquette. They They want want polite. They want this to be a very tame, stoic event. And it's (laughs) It's not going to be that way if they have 18 of them celebrating. Yeah, rebels. They've invited 18 rebels to the party. (laughs) It's going to be... It's literally the word that was in this. Exactly. Rebels. It's going to be... It's going to be... It's going to be wild. I cannot wait. We need like... The final four pairings need to be one live, one PGA guy. it has to be. I just... I cannot wait for this. It's going to be... The ratings of this Masters are going to... Blow people away. I can't. Yeah. Let's hurry up. It's Monday, but let's get going. Masters week. Let's Masters go. week. One last one. So Gary Player, um, he won the Masters three times. Of course, he's 87 years old now. He was complaining to the media, quote, after all I contributed to the tournament and been an ambassador for them, I can't go have a practice round there with three of my grandchildren without having to beg a member to play with us. There's already some excuse. It's terribly, terribly sad. I played my role. I won it three times. I was in the top 10, 15 times. I made the number of cuts in a row ever the most. Yet here we are struggling to get around. It's just sad. I put great emphasis on the word sad that Augusta doesn't make you feel welcome because I helped make this tournament what it is. Don't they trot Gary Player out every year for the ceremonial starter? Apparently he can't get a tea time at Augusta and he's very sad about it. Gary, give it a rest. Give it a rest, bud. Still, we're still. There's so much going on this week. I'm sure Augusta. he can play after. With my three so grandchildren too, it's like, all right, you know what? There's some important stuff yeah, going on. Because we week. want your grandchildren stomping around on the course before, <laughs> not filling their divots. <laughs> exactly. That's why there's got to be someone around. Yeah, police these kiddos. Just like, hey, is twenty bucks enough? Let's take a break. <laughs> we got Frank Saravelli on the other side. He says that Michael. Bunting is the most intriguing top of the board free agent heading into this offseason. Maybe the richest man come what, July 1st. Yeah. 
We're back to July 1st, I We're believe. We're back to July 1st. Let's see how he feels about Michael Bunting and the referee. It says adding or detracting from his intrigue. Frank Cervelli on the other side of the break.